0: It's a joy to be, to be with you all tonight. If you're visiting us, I want to welcome you. We are so glad that you're here as we celebrate God's faithfulness and, and the victory over the enemies of, of sin and death. Proclaim life. God's yes and amen to His creatures. There is so much that could be said about this that needs to be said and will be said, but you'll be glad that I'm just going to choose one small thing. One little piece that of all of these great themes that are in that gospel reading today, I picked one and it's kind of obscure. It it surprised me, actually, of all the things I would choose this. But something grabbed me about verse 10 in uh, Matthew 28 there. And there's this resurrected Lord. And in verse 10, the the two women, the two Marys who have just um, heard this great news that Jesus who was crucified is not there. He's risen and he's sent off to go and uh, tell the disciples, and they bump into Jesus, and Jesus says to them, greetings, uh, do not be afraid. And he says, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. I didn't expect that that was of all those things we would choose, that that would be it. But it struck me, and it surprised me, and I thought, wow, I, would, I cannot wait to share this. This is some good news in here. And I've been waiting half a day just thinking, man, I get to proclaim good news. Think about this. When we just last left the place of worship on Friday, we were um, reflecting on the cross. This great injustice, this great evil, um, unjust trial, the shaming, the sin, the, the pain and the rejection. And Matthew, if you remember in his gospel, Matthew was at pains there to let us know, the hearers know that what was happening to Jesus in that moment was in fulfillment of Psalm 22. And he'd, having given already four references uh, to 22 um, as he was going, he leaves us and and proclaims in in the last breath of Jesus on the cross. Matthew records and tells us of these final words of dereliction. He says, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" The first words of Psalm 22. "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me?" And we leave there, and we're left with those words hanging over us until we come. Back to the empty tomb on the third day. This word "speak out," and you hear this message is to, to go and tell. Think about other messages. I, I bought a, a newspaper. I don't buy a newspaper very often, but I bought one uh, yesterday and was reading through, and here is our news that we receive in the morning, and we read through it. And you take a look and it's like, oh my goodness. Are there any ways to steal, to kill and destroy that we have not come up with? Mark shared about this sin being this great vandalism of creation, this good creation. We read this newspaper, we take a look. Could we be more creative in the ways that we would vandalize creation? Could we be more creative in the ways that we find to to tear communities apart the fabric of, of life and we think back on the year and I can't come to this moment without thinking back over this year and boy do we see evidence that we are a people divided. We take a look and have we found ways to fracture and to tear our communities apart? We take a look and we read the newspaper and we can come see. We have torn ourselves apart over politics. We have torn ourselves apart over differences of gender. We have torn ourselves apart by race. We have torn ourselves apart through injustice and evil. And we look and we have been torn apart, vandalized by the power of sin. And the newspaper tells us, and I wonder if the paper we look at it, does it cry out as well and have us ask, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? And yet here we gather on this day, and as we recall Jesus' last words from the cross, these first words of Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On the first day, As Jesus meets the two women and speaks to them, his first words of resurrection counter the first verse of Psalm 22 and jump to the middle with an echo of it. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Psalm 22, we know it from Good Friday. We see it this, this dereliction, and yet, in Psalm 22, at the midpoint, it changes. And in verse 22, you get this incredible turning point. And this crying out of dereliction turns, and all of a sudden it becomes this great hymn of praise and celebration of the vindicated, suffering king who rules and reigns. And verse 22, the start of this turning point if you have your scriptures in Psalm 22 with you, starts with this testimony saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers. The first words of the resurrected Jesus draw us back to Psalm 22. Has God forsaken us? Has God not answered the cry and the call of His suffering servant? Well, let's read on. I will tell of the name of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise Him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify Him and stand in awe of Him, all you offspring of Israel. For He has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. And He has not hidden His face from Him, but He has heard when He cried to Him. Does God forget? Does God not hear the cries of His children? Did God not hear the cries of Jesus on the cross? He heard Him. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I will perform before those who fear Him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek Him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before you, for kingship belongs to the Lord, and He rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before Him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. The two Marys, maybe with that, have you forsaken me, ringing in their ears. Come to the tomb and get this great pronouncement from the angels that, He's not here. He's risen. Death has been defeated. The grave has been defeated. This one who claimed to be king was crucified on those bounds. He's been vindicated. Surely this man was the Son of God, the king, the true king. And we come there, and and Jesus says to the two Marys, He says, Go and tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee, and there they will see me. Go and tell, be this people. Be the first gospelers, women. Go out there and be the first ones to go and proclaim the vindication of the Son, the risen and reigning true King of all the world. Go and tell them Jesus is Lord of all creation. We read our newspapers and we worry, we see the effects of, of poor leadership. We take a look at the the brokenness, the scatteredness, the the divisions that we face. We cry out and we wonder. And Here we have this good news. Jesus is Lord of all creation. We are scattered, we are divided, all we like sheep have gone astray. And Jesus prophesied in chapter 26, just before the Passion, He said, you'll be scattered like sheep, but I will gather you and I will see you in Galilee. And Mary's are now told, Go and tell my brothers, come and see me in Galilee. The great shepherd king has come to gather the people that were scattered, bringing them back. And did you hear that picture, this promise, this reality? Oh, we're divided. Lord, are we? But that's not the way it is. The prophets prophesy, we prophesy, and we say that when Jesus is king, he is creating a new people. He is creating a people that will gather to Him and around Him, in Him, for Him, from every nation, every tribe, and every tongue. Jesus is Lord over all creation. And it's the great shepherd king who gathers us back to Himself to worship. The second part, think about that. The angels tell the Marys to to go and tell the disciples. Jesus repeats most of the angels' messages word for word to the two Marys, except he changes. He doesn't say, Go and tell my disciples. What does he say? Go and tell my brothers, echoing back to Psalm 22 in this proclamation of good news. Brothers, who were these people that they were going to go and tell? The ones who had rejected him. The ones who had abandoned him. In his deepest hour of need, who fell asleep and couldn't pray with him. The ones who disappeared, his closest friends. One of them who even denied him three times. Don't know the guy. and were scattered. And Jesus doesn't call them disciples. He says, you go and tell my brothers. The ones who rejected him in their sin, he has called them to himself and given them the title of family. They haven't even apologized yet. They haven't even repented yet. This is the priority of God's grace. The grace of God going out towards us, pursuing us, wooing us, calling us sons and daughters, family, family. Jesus is Lord of all creation, and through Him, God is reconciling us to Himself. And Through Him, God is reconciling us as the power to reconcile us again to each other. I read the, um, the last couple of verses uh, this morning, I was have uh, a one-year-old son, Barnaby, and We went down to Jamaica Pond this morning. We're sitting there and contemplating the the beauty of that. And uh, I was reading and reflecting, and it struck me these last two lines. It should be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. I thought this great news is the news that cries out to us, God, where are you if you've forsaken us? the news of the angels declaring the resurrection and victory over death, the news of Jesus to the women who have encountered the risen Lord and have seen and have sign of this, to to go and, and tell the brothers and the sisters. Tell them. And now there's this idea that we would also go and tell to the next generation, to the generation not even born. And I wondered, I wondered one day, Barnaby is likely to come up to me and he's going to say, Dad, why do we have to go to church three days in a row on Easter? Dad, why why do we baptize people on Easter? And why do we renew our baptismal vows? And Dad, why why is it that uh, after Easter we have this 50 days of feasting with this community in celebration of this? Why, Dad? Maybe that's a softball question. Maybe it's going to be more of the question, Lord, why is there violence? Lord, why is there strife? Why is there division and separation? Why am I bullied? Does God not hear my cries, or is he not powerful to do anything with it? Why do we do this, Dad? I look to be able to say, along with the angels, along with the Marys on that first morning to those disciples. I'll be able to look at them like I look you tonight and say, we were once slaves to sin and to death. We were unable to do anything about it. Much as we try, as hard as we work, as much as we strive around, we were slaves, we were people without hope. People unable to overcome death. And God intervened. In God's timing, he sent his son Jesus to take upon himself all of the evil, all of the suffering, the sin of the world, to take death, to taste death, and yet, in his resurrection, to overcome these great enemies, to find victory over sin and sin, and death, to bring us hope, to turn our hearts away from the false gods that we worship, the false things we try to find life in, and to find that true life, the shepherd who gathers, who heals the wounded and restores. In Barnaby, we do this to remember, and we do it to tell. And we remember that we are a people of hope. See, Barnaby, just as surely as we were baptized into Jesus' death, so we remember that, so surely we would be raised again in his resurrection. So one day, the true king is coming back and will put things right. He who began the good work is faithful to see it through to completion. And so we look forward to the coming day of, of the King in hope. But in the meantime, in the meantime, we are different. Oh yeah, but we lived by a different King and a different value because we are sons and daughters of the living God, brothers and sisters of the King. As sons and daughters now, we are given to the Father's work. We are people given to the family business, this great work of reconciliation. And so, we tell, we tell, and we remember, and we worship. Jesus has overcome, has been victorious over the enemies of sin and death. Just as surely as we were baptized into that death, so surely we will rise again and share in his victory. So we worship, we celebrate, and we take up the task of telling. Wonderful good news. Christ is risen. He is risen. Indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.